Welcome to the Reminders of Grace podcast. The Reminders of Grace podcast exists to provide a reference for truth, promote a refocus on the gospel, and provoke a profound reminder of grace for our lives today. I am your host, my name is Derek, and I want to welcome you to this very special episode. I am very much looking forward to this episode today and have been for quite some time as we have an opportunity to be able to host our very first interview here on the Reminders of Grace podcast. And I am so excited to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, Kyle Walker. He is the worship leader of the church that my wife and I have the privilege of attending. And we get to sit down and have a conversation about worship in an episode that we've entitled Worship for the Ages. And looking forward to all that God is going to do through our time together. And my prayer is that you would be encouraged as you listen. So let's get into it. Kyle, thanks so much for being willing to join us here uh, on the Reminders of Grace podcast. Uh, I have been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time. Um, and it's it's finally here and I'm anticipating and expecting God to honestly to do some great things and uh, through our conversation and through our time together. And so if you would just kind of introduce yourself, tell our, our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, your story of how you came to follow Jesus, and then maybe speak into where that journey has led you. Yeah, well, thanks, Derek. I'm honored to be here. And I so appreciate you inviting me to come and speak. I'm humbled and just so thankful for this opportunity to get to talk about something that I love, which is worship. And this is going to be a great time. I've been praying for God to lead and to move in our time together. So uh, a little bit about me is I grew up in Texas, uh, north of Houston, about an hour outside of the city. I grew up in a family that went to church every Sunday. I went to a private school growing up. And my older brother and I learned about Jesus and who he is at an early age. And it was one night at actually a choir rehearsal, a uh, kids choir I was in where I heard the leader actually share the gospel very clearly, who Jesus is, uh, his death, his resurrection, uh, why he came to save. And as an eight-year-old boy, it hit me that night. And I talked with my mom on the way home and we went into my bedroom and we talked and God saved me that night. Praise yeah. the Lord. And Amen. it was very clear. And um, I'm super thankful. And through, through, through the years growing up, going to church, um, I was very thankful to, to sing and to know the songs and to, and to understand who God is. But I really was never, I never really understood what a relationship with God was. I never was modeled to that in my, in my home life. Uh, my mom and dad never really mentioned Jesus in our home or the Bible or what it means to follow him. And so through that, I lived a double life, going to church, trying to act like I had it together. But deep down, I truly didn't understand what it meant to follow Jesus or have a relationship with him. So then I, I got into uh, relationships with my friends at school that led me to um, 
just to fall into patterns of sin that just gripped me for years and years. And throughout high school, I um, just had addictions and brokenness, uh, not understanding how to um, be in relationships in the right way. And it, it was one night, my senior year of high school, where I, I came to a place of absolute brokenness of my decisions, the choices I've made, things that I've done that I was so regretful for, I just broke down. And I, I cried that night and I couldn't stop crying. And, and my mom came into my room that night and said, Kyle, what's going on? And I just spilled everything. All these things I was hiding, mm. this double life I was living, these, these patterns of sin that so gripped me. And my mom said something that I'll never forget. She said, Kyle, I'm just going to leave you alone. And I want you to meet with Jesus. He wants to meet you in this moment. Yeah run to him right now. And she literally walked out of the door. And those were the, that was the best thing she could have ever done in my life. Because that night, I dropped to my knees, I surrendered, I gave it all, I confessed my sin, and the Lord met me there and healed me and forgave yeah. me. And um, that then started a relationship. I wanted Jesus. I wanted to know him. So I started reading the Bible at night. I started asking a new youth pastor in my town how to follow him, getting, getting together with him. I started hanging out with different friends. Um, I, I started praying that God would lead me to Christian friends. And through that, God opened the door to go to Baylor University in Texas, where I met the very first day on campus. My best friends, his name is Blake, who is a strong believer and faithful man of God, who then only encouraged me to walk and uh, in, in to know Christ, to get into the word with him. Then that led to many dozens and dozens of other Christian friends. Then meeting my wife, getting married right when we graduated. And uh, through that, I uh, began to lead worship and love worship and um, and understand what Galatians 5 means. And I want to read that with you, Derek. This yes. is something that's um, that now where I'm at in my journey and where God's led me as a husband, as a, a father of two, about to be three next month, a man that's in the workplace as a, as a businessman in sales, but also leading worship at my church. I strive and I, and I, this has come to my journey where I'm at now is to live in Galatians five. And I'm going to read that for us. It says for freedom, Christ has set us free. So stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery for you are called to freedom brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And I say to you, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And then it goes on to talk about what the differences are between walking in the flesh and the spirit. And yeah. then it ends by saying, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. And that's it. I just want to live by the spirit, keep in step with the spirit and, um, and it's just been such a sweet journey with Jesus and mm. walking in freedom that he gives and in the power of the spirit. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of a story of, of where I'm at and, and, and how I, how um, my journey with Christ has looked like. No, that's great. I, you said something interesting about um, when after even kind of accepting Christ at a younger age, but 
as you got older, you kind of like straight away from that, so to speak, in the sense of it wasn't a real relationship. And when you realize like that's what was missing, like that real growing intimate relationship, that's so huge because I think for many of us, whether there are non-Christians or there are Christians, when we are away from God and we're not experiencing the joys of that relationship, we either stay there and just continue Mm -hmm. that spiral away or we just think we're not good enough to come back. Like, and so what you mentioned was just that your mom just kind of came and said, like, I'm going to leave you in this moment with Jesus. And like, and that's, that's so sweet. And that's so wonderful because I think in that moment, it's very easy for us to look at like, okay, what do I need to do? I just need to go to church more. I just need to do this. And we turn it into a checklist, but that becomes the very opposite of relationship. And that becomes a religion. And I think there's so much wisdom in this, like, it's that time alone with him that Mm. that was so sweet and so helpful in like giving you that restoration that you needed. That's awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent, Derek. Exactly. So now I just, I can't get enough. Like I just, from that moment on, I, enjoy Jesus. I'm satisfied in him. I want to live my life for the glory of God and for him to be known and for him to be praised um, and truly like, at the center of all that I do. So, yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, well, I asked you to come on here and talk about worship and I wanted you to do this because uh, looking back over my life and over the years as a follower of Jesus, for me, I will say that you are um, in just the short time that we've known each other, one of the three people that humanly speaking has really had the greatest impact on my understanding of and my growth um, in practice when it comes to worship. Um, even from that time, just where we first kind of spent that time together, just in the park, just talking yeah. and getting to know each mm-hmm. other, but also just spending some time just in worship Uh, It's just been such a a help in that time, but also in just like watching you exemplify it on a weekly basis. And, and as we continue to build community, even just uh, closer than that. So in that regard, when it comes to worship, addressing Christians specifically, and even speaking to non-Christians who may be seeking, who are maybe a little skeptical, what is it about worship that so many of us miss? Um, And whether that be from like a misunderstanding of it, we were just taught wrong, or maybe there's just an ignorance. We just don't know. What is it that we miss? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And I love this because um, I had so many great conversations with this as I was preparing, seeking the Lord, talking to my wife about this. And, um, you know, I think what it truly is, what we miss is the meaning of what is worship going back to the basics what's what is worship and i listened to a uh, john piper clip that helped me so much and i'm just going to quote what he says on just answering that simple question what is worship and he says that true worship depends on the way that god truly is so which is the truth and then the true worship also depends on having the right emotions and affections and heart grasp of valuing God's worth rightly. And that goes along with worshiping in spirit. And so 
the whole basis goes to John chapter four, verse 23 and 24, of which it says, but the hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And what I love that John Piper said in this clip is so good. He says, worship is about putting the extreme worth of God on display, knowing him truly and treasuring him, right? Worship is valuing and delighting and being satisfying and treasuring God above all things, right? And what we miss sometimes, I believe, is just the fact of coming to God in worship in truth of who God truly is, what God says in his word. And then also with our hearts fully coming to him with all of our emotions um, and, and valuing him above that. And then another thing that I thought of as, as I've been just thinking of what people miss is, is having both of those equally in, in worship, spirit and truth, but also um, where it says in Hebrews chapter 13, this has been so helpful for me um, as I've also been thinking about worship. Uh, and it says in Hebrews 13, 15 through 16, through him, then through Jesus, through him, Jesus, then let us continually to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is from the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name and do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. And through that, why, why I think what people miss in worship is the idea of giving and offering a sacrifice of praise with our lips. Yes. Singing repenting, asking, declaring who God is, but yeah. also we miss the idea of, of action, right? Of doing good to sharing with others of our, in, in all that we're doing with, um, with eating, drinking, our, our daily life, sharing, um, community with others. Um, that, that is so important to, to also to value and worship God through what we're doing as well. So mm. just think it's so important for us as worshipers to know that, Hey, worship's in everything that we do. And I want the same praise to be from my lips and also in the acts of love for that is what's pleasing to God. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's been super helpful for me. No, that's really good. Um, you talked about truth and um, and it's something that obviously I think is missing a lot in a lot of areas of life nowadays, but um, the truth about worship, especially for um, even for people who wouldn't identify as followers of Jesus, is that they are worshiping something, hmm. um, but there's a truth attached to it and they are worshiping it not because um, it can do something, but they are believing that it can. It can give them validation. Hmm. It can give yeah. them that happiness or whatever. Um, and so I think we, we try to separate truth and spirit or, you know, or that emotion, um, in some other ways, we try to separate those two things and think that worship is this emotional attachment to something, mm -hmm. or it's only, a like, a a strict attachment to something. But what Jesus has said is that it's actually both, yeah, both are <laughs> yeah, super important because you they can't are. be moved by the truth. Like you can't ex like encounter the truth of Jesus without being moved emotionally by yes. it. Yes, 
but you won't be emotionally moved by it unless you like that won't be sustainable unless you found that in the truth of who he is and i love Mm. that yeah Um, yeah that's awesome yeah so good and then the last thing i would say too is as a worshiper i'm just wanting to be grounded in the gospel again coming back to the truth of I've been saved by grace through faith because of Christ and Christ alone, what he has done, his death, his resurrection, his victory over sin. Why would I not bow my knees and humbly adore and glorify Jesus for what Mm -hmm. he's done? And worshiping from that place not only glorifies God, but also points others to Christ, right? Absolutely. Knowing that the fact, man, we have been redeemed and set free by Christ, right? It's gospel-centered. And as worship leaders and worshipers, that must be a foundation of our worship. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. That makes it like that central figure, which kind of leads into that next question of like, when we worship, whether it's uh, their, our daily personal worship, um, and sometimes people refer to them as like their devotions, but in that daily personal worship or that corporate worship uh, on a weekly basis, what are some of the distractions that we encounter? And then um, how can we maybe seek to avoid those in a practical sense? Yeah, I love this question. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind when I was when I was thinking about this was, I think a lot of times it's ourself, right? Yeah. Oh man, I think we are just, we get right in the middle of, of truly what about going back to the, what we just talked about, right? Worship is valuing God, treasuring him, adoring and exalting him, right? And what he has done in truth and in spirit. And a lot of times, you know, I find myself, if I'm in my room, spending time with Jesus, the door is closed. I have my guitar. I'm worshiping him. Things that come in my mind that are distracting me is, okay, what is going on today? What do I have to do next after this? What, (laughs) um, what do I want? What do I need in this encounter with God? Mm. Right. Um, and what, what, what is the struggle that I'm facing that I can't get off or I'm, 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 I like am gripping onto, right? I think that's just so in, in my times with the Lord, it's just what helps me is, is to come before the Lord in a posture of like, Lord, I again, want to just throw all distractions away. I want to come and be as I am and, and, and have the, have the heart that David had, right. And in Psalm 69, I, I love this Psalm because this helps me. He has every distraction in the world, right? Every person is coming to kill him, to destroy him. He has so much angst in his heart. And he says, save me, oh God. Like I'm sinking in deep mire. Like, come, like I'm in the deep waters. The floods are over me. I'm weary. Like I'm crying out to you. Like, Lord, my eyes are growing dim. There's so many distractions. There's so many things on my heart. And I'm waiting for you, God. And then, and then he says, I, 
I've come to draw near. My soul wants to be drawn near to you. Would you redeem me? Oh God, would you answer me according to your love and your goodness? Mm. I'm afflicted. I'm in pain, but let your salvation, oh God, set me on high. And then he leads to praise, right? Yes. He throws the distractions away. He leads to praise. I love this end. I will praise the name of God with a song. Yeah. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. And when the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's let heaven and earth praise him, all that's within him. Like, we praise his name. And for me, I, I think a lot of times I just want to have that posture of, of David, like, Lord, save me, help me, whatever the distractions are, if my phone's buzzing, what people around me, if I'm in corporate worship of what they're thinking of me, like, Lord, mm-hmm. like, help me, I, I give it to you, I need you. It's a posture of humility, right? And um, crying out to the Lord. Uh, and when we come to that place, then it like responds to praise like what David does here. Yeah. Um, one, one, one song I've really been in my times with the Lord to help me with, with distractions specifically is an old song. Um, it's so good. It's it's like, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near and just keep singing that chorus. Like, Lord, you're all I want. Mm -hmm. You're all I need. You're all I've ever wanted. Um, help me know that you're here with me. Yeah. And that prayer, that cry is, it helps to destroy and, and, and put the distractions aside so that we can truly look to him. Hmm. And that's really good. Um, you were, as you're talking, I, I get encouraged and I'm reminded of this just because this is like, it just kind of solidifies like, why you're here just you're so passionate about it and not that we shouldn't be passionate about it but it's super evident in in your voice and as you as you share that it's just it's super encouraging um but you also mentioned something that you talked about like kind of corporate worship and i think this might be something that Mm. if people have grown up in church for a while um or they have maybe transitioned to a church that has a, a different um kind of a worship culture if i can call it that um, and I think a lot of times we have those kinds of thoughts of like, what is somebody else thinking of the way I worship and that yeah. holds us back? Or uh-huh. we look at other people and the way they worship and the way that they give themselves. And we're like, man, that's just so weird. And it's just so like, but it's so important because I think worship is so important for us. It is yeah. literally um, the last couple of episodes that we've had, we've just really kind of leaned into that. The fact that that is our identity. It is what we were created for. It is one of the Mm. two things we were created for. And when we worship, we are not giving God something that he wouldn't otherwise already have. Yeah. We're just ascribing worth to him and we're talking more about him. And I love that, but also it's in those moments that we think like we have to be reserved or we can't show too much or somebody who does show too much is like that. Those people are odd or whatever it is, Mm. but I was always challenged with this and maybe you've kind of experienced it as well with 
you know, when you watch a, a sporting event, when you watch what, whatever it is, I mean, you could sit there and watch a television show, watch a movie. And I have no shame in admitting, like when I watch like Marvel movies, I'll cheer and I get excited <laughs> and I, yeah. I'll cry. Uh, but at the same time, like there's no reason why that should be my reaction during a movie, but not appropriate for my time of worship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we, how can we maybe, is it just a matter of praying and asking God just to kind of focus our hearts or is there anything else like that we can do just to kind of surround ourselves with people who are going to encourage us to worship and focus on what we should focus on? Yeah, definitely. I would say that it's so important to talk about worship with others to, to understand what it what is worship and how are we ought to worship in a corporate setting right yeah. and 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 yeah putting putting to rest and putting it out in the in the open of, of what are some of the fears that we have mm. let's confess those let's be honest with some of the things that are actually holding you back when you encounter god in worship when you come into his presence yeah are you afraid are you nervous? Are you, do you not want to do it? Like, what, what is it? And I think in those conversations with people that are trusted and that are friends that you can actually have those conversations, it, it helps me. I, I know from in my story, I've had so many conversations of worship with friends and my wife, and it only allows me to be in freedom to express myself. And that's what God really wants. Yep. He wants us to express ourselves to him. We don't have to be in a box. We don't have to be robots. He hasn't created us that way. He wants us to freely express. If it's being still, then be still. If, yep. it's, if it's celebrating and dancing and raising your hands and clapping, then do that. I think why it comes again to worshiping in spirit and in truth is that our response should match what is being said of God. Mm. What are we declaring of God? What are we going after in this one song or in this one scripture reading or in a message or whatever we're doing with worship, right? Our response should match what the truth is being proclaimed, right? Yeah. And I've been, I've been challenged by that through my walk with Christ is I, I want to be authentic, but I want my emotions to match what we are declaring and what we're saying of God. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's like, good. I, I go back to revelation six. I, of, of man, what a, what a sweet passage and an example of how we ought to respond in God's presence. Right. Yeah. I love, I, sorry. Um, uh, Isaiah six, not revelation six, excuse me, Derek, Isaiah six, where, um, he is in God's presence. Holy, holy is the Lord. Uh, it's such a powerful encounter with the Lord and the whole earth is full of his glory is what they it would what they say and then it says isaiah says woe is me 
for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes has seen the King, the Lord of hosts, hmm. right? And then, um, then, then the response was, you know, look, behold, this is, I've touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. And then the Lord commissions Isaiah to go in on mission, right? Yeah. But his response matches what is being declared of God, of reverence. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. Like it matches what's happening in this encounter with God, right? So I think we should be the same in our corporate worship. That's really good. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's great. Um, when it comes to corporate worship, um, I think many of us kind of get a we get a little bit confused, I think, um, about what worship is. And so we've kind of established that, but also we, we get confused in that we think it is a specific part of our gathering Mm. that worship is just a specific part. It's just when, you know, the choir or the, the band is like singing. So, what really is the role that music plays in worship? Yeah. So again, going back to the scriptures, it's all over Psalms, how we express worship to God. Mm-hmm. I, I think of Psalm 95. Oh, let us come. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us make come into his presence with thanksgiving, make a joyful noise with songs of praise, right? Or... Uh, I think of Psalm 98. Oh, oh, come and sing. Sing a new song for he's done wondrous things. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joy, joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Make a joyful noise before the king, of, uh, before the, king the Lord. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let them sing for joy, right? And I just, it's, it's all over. This is just a couple passages, right? But it's, it's pleasing to the Lord to come and bring music Mm -hmm. and our hearts connect with music. in such a powerful and profound way. The Lord's created this for his good, for his glory. And the word of God expresses worship with playing instruments, singing, music, clapping our hands, raising our, raising our hands, making a joyful noise to the Lord. And I want to be a man that obeys the word. I want to do the same exact thing. And so if that's what pleases the Lord, if that's what God has commanded us in our, in his word, then let's go, go for it. Let's make music and um, let's be faithful to do what the word of God says. That's good. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Um, and as we kind of begin to bring this and land the plane here, um, what is some advice that you could give to the next generation of worshipers, followers of Jesus, um, whether they are students that are teenagers, college-aged, or just young adults? And here's something that's happening is they want a faith or they want a church or a worship experience that is not... Um, like their grandparents. It's not their parents' church. Um, 
And I think that's more than reasonable and more than okay for them to want like a lively thing or they want it to be their own thing. But are there pitfalls that like they should avoid? Are there principles that they should seek to apply as they look for a place and look for a worship experience that is like that? Hmm. Yeah, um, this is such a great question, Derek. And um, man, my prayer is that I would be encouraging and helpful. And some of the things that I've learned through the years, right? Again, I've I'm I'm 30. I've been leading worship for you know about 10 years or so now, and I'm still growing and I'm yeah. still learning and I'm still um, I still have so much to 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 apply in principles and things that I can easily address like stray and pitfalls I can fall into. But the first thing I would say is like we just read in Isaiah six, have a posture of humility, mm. have a posture of God is so great. All I want to do is help others vertically engage with him. Like I'm nothing without him. Woe is me. He is holy and powerful. Like having a true heart and a true posture of humility that like I'm nothing without him. And I will do whatever it takes to give him the glory that he deserves. Right. I think it's so important to, to, to have that. And then some other things that I, I think that are in, is so important as, as for young worshipers to know is we have the ability and the, the um, opportunity to bring truth to others, to our church so the songs we sing, would they be rooted and grounded in truth and in the gospel? When you speak and when you are transitioning between songs or whenever you have an opportunity, like what you say, be truth, be God's word, yes. speak truth, pray truth, point others to truth. And through that, let your response be an authentic, um, you know, authentic emotional connection to what you're saying what we've yes. talked about also it doesn't just it's not just about the stage right the stage is an overflow of the way that we live our life hmm. don't be lovers of the stage be lovers of god and That's being good. with him right i would say like your life is a testimony of worshiping god right people are watching and are you worship and just asking yourself as a young worshiper, are, are you worshiping God in the small details of your life? Or are you just worshiping him on the stage, right? Worshiping him in, in a corporate setting, in a small group setting with others should be an overflow of you worshiping Jesus each day when no one's around. Good. Uh, and some other things that I think that we, we can miss or, or it's important to apply is, man, just spending time in the quiet spending time when no one's around kind of going out after that, right. Of just being with him, you know, and just having your guitar or, or just a, your voice and just spending time with him and practice listening and, uh, uh, and hearing God's word and putting it to action and living it out and practicing walking by the spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last things I would say is, as a, if you if you're just wanting to, to lead worship and just getting started, man, ask God for opportunities. Smart, start in the small ways. Start leading worship for your small group. Start 
helping with kids and, and helping little kids worship Jesus, right? Taking small steps to, to find ways to ask the Lord for opportunities to, 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 to be a worship leader and God will give you those opportunities and, and, and hold true to the promise that God gives you. That's been a super helpful um, part of my journey and walk with Christ is I have seasons of verses right now. Mine Psalm 101. I have been reading Psalm 101 for about 10 months now. I read it daily and I'm running to these scriptures of this is what God's spoken to me. I'm going to live out the identity and what God has given me. Yes. And then it's going to spill out in my worship. So I encourage young worshipers to have verses, memorize verses, share verses with others and press into God's word in season so that it will only propel your worship and in, um, in, in, in your personal time with the Lord and in corporate. So yeah, those are just some, some helpful tips I have through the years, but um, what an, what an honor and joy it is to be able to lead worship and to point people to, 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 to Christ. It's, it's such a joy and I love doing it. It never gets old. Yes. Um, I never does. This last weekend, Derek, we were worshiping the Lord and I'm in the middle of a song. And I just literally say out loud, I love you, Jesus. Yes. Like, I love you, Jesus. This is, I love worshiping you. Like, I love gathering the saints and giving worth to you, God. Like, there's nothing sweeter. It's such mm-hmm. a joy. So, like consider worship a joy and it will, it will do you well. Absolutely. Man, that's great. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time and have been super yep. encouraged by it. And my prayer for sure is that um, our listeners would be encouraged by it as well. If you wouldn't mm-hmm. mind just praying for us as we close this out, it'd be great. You got it, Derek. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time to get to talk about worship, to talk about you, of giving uh, you all of our attention, enjoying you, you valuing you above all other things that we can so easily fall to. Help us, God, be worshipers that worship in spirit and truth. Help us, God, be worshipers that have a posture of humility. Help us, God, be worshipers that speak truth, that pray truth, that talk truth to others around us. Help us be authentic in our response to you. Um, God, if there's people listening to this that are, are just wrestling with you in worship, I just pray that you would bring freedom. Would you bring the freedom and confidence and uh enjoyment and love and and the the reason why we worship to them god would you remind them would you grow them lord would they rejoice in you god would they sing to you lord new songs would they tell of your your marvelous works great are you lord and you're worthy to be praised hallowed be your name jesus You're holy and worthy and good and faithful. And we love you and we thank you. And um, I just am so grateful for this time. It's been sweet. And I I say all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, there you have it. 
I hope you've been encouraged by something that you've heard today, whether it's something new that you've learned or it's just been a challenge and a reminder of something that you have already known and it's been a timely reminder for you in your life. But thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell me about it. There are a few ways that you can connect with me by email at remindersofgracepodcast at gmail.com. That's reminders with an S of gracepodcast at gmail.com. In addition, you can find a link to all of my socials in the info section of this episode. Also, if you could please do me a favor and be sure to leave a review and then click on that subscribe or follow button wherever you engage with the podcast to be certain that you never miss an episode. As you head into your week, as you navigate through your journey, as you face whatever you face or as you seek to live on mission, be reminded of his grace and know that no matter what, it is always, every single time, greater still.